Dave Johnson joins us. His life expectancy doing just fine. Uh, coming up in six or at six fifteen, all his organs intact. Actually, I don't know. We can ask Dave how how it's going. Uh, Anthony, I actually, uh, by the way, I joined the broadcast uh, Wednesday night. I got to ask Dave if I'm ever going to be invited back. I swear, every time I join the Wizards broadcast, just it's not good. I don't know that I've called a, a Wizards winning quarter in my broadcast career at this point, which is now enough games that it's statistically significant. So did we win or lose, though? You know that third quarter where they got smoked by the Clippers? Oh, yes. That was the quarter I was on the mic with Glenn and Dave. <sighs> Glenn just started crushing me. He's like, this is your fault. Good gracious. So uh, I guess you're into like superstition and things of that nature, I guess. Uh, I mean, Don't somewhat. Explain. You I think mean, you're jinxing the wizard? Just clearly, yeah. clearly stuff that's that's happening. <laughs> um, I also just got a text from my wife, who's watching the show on YouTube, saying there's no sound on YouTube, which is really just fantastic. Oh, there we go. We're back, YouTube. Sorry about that. Hopefully, our sound hasn't been off for a long time. Uh, all right. So, Ant, uh, we just talked with Russell about the defensive side of the ball, uh, and where. It could go with Dan Quinn. Uh, obviously, we know kind of what the, the the scheme is likely to look like. Like, they're going to marry their coverage in the rush very well. He'll be creative with his fronts. Um, he'll put guys in positions. I think, like, Deron Payne will line up on the edge at times this year in third down passing situations. Like, they'll there'll be stuff there that's that's good and I think is a good fit with some of the personnel remaining. And we're going to find out real quick if Benjamin St. Juice and Emmanuel Forbes are, are good or they're not good uh, because this this coaching staff is so much better than the one that just left. But on the offensive side of the ball, that is the big question. And I think we assume that they'll hire someone off the Kyle Shanahan tree, of which there are a, a nearly endless list of options. But there is this report or multiple reports that Chip Kelly is going to get at least a conversation. And I think that's going to have a huge impact on obviously what personnel they keep. So we, we were talking in the break, like where, where are you at right now on kind of where this team goes offensively? Yeah, because again, we, we have a couple of guys that are going to be uh free agents um, coming up. Uh, we, we got Curtis Samuel, of course. And, you know, he's actually one of the receivers that, had a pretty good um I think of the receivers he had the best season. He arguably be had the best year compared to expectations of anybody on offense. Yeah, so I th- I think there are a lot of questions um when it comes to Curtis Samuel. Um also what are you going to necessarily do with uh AG? Um so it it's just a couple of questions with the the personnel. We haven't even, you know, talked about the offensive line and I, I know a lot of people have looked at, you know, who's going to be um free agents this uh, upcoming year on the offensive line. And it's not a lot of, you know, household names. So uh, it's going to be tough to, you know, figure out, like, what to do up front. But I think you'll have to, you know, help out the front. And the way you uh, help out the front is with the the people that are around, um, that are, you know, outside of the line. Or I guess. I'm yeah. Right. So I, yeah, no, I, I think that it's really appealing for 2024 Part like part of the appeal, I should say, for 2024 and hiring someone off the Shanahan tree is they know how to insulate bad offensive lines in that yeah. tree. Mm-hmm. Like Houston's offensive line is not that good. Laramie Tunsil is freaking amazing. They have one like Hall of Fame good offensive lineman. Larry Laramie Tunsil is the best pass blocking left tackle in the league. The rest of their offensive line is not that good. Um, Miami, 
their offensive line, not that good. But they run block really well, and they understand how to win with speed and schematically like use that to get the ball out quick. That also, by the way, matches their quarterback skill set. And that leads to the offensive line not being exposed in the way that, say, I don't know, a second-year quarterback with 19 career snaps going into his second year who has a problem holding on to the football and doesn't see the middle of the field particularly well, and you run an offense with a lot of long-developing route combinations, um, might not work. little too on the nose, Ant? No, I think, I think it was very much on the nose. Appropriate, yeah. Appropriately, yeah, exactly. appropriately <laughs> smashed it. Yeah, um, yeah I, and I, so I think when you look at a guy like Curtis – I think he could be like I would look at his market. Like I, my exit meeting with Curtis Samuel would be this: Hey, we got to spend money in some other places. You should go try to make yourself money because that's that's the way the business works. I want you to come back. Just know that we want you. We just can't. We might not be able to afford you. But if you're, we're gonna set a price that we know that like we would really like to have you back at. Because we think we have a role for you, and we think you'd you'd excel, but but we just can't afford to like not invest in other positions anymore. So here's the price. Hopefully, we'll see you again in, in the spring. Um, but realistically, like I also think they might like. It also depends for Curtis, like what the new OC thinks of Jahan Dotson, right? Do they see Jahan Dotson as a number two receiver? And by the way, what do they see with Terry McLaurin? Because if they look at Terry and they go, that's a Z, guy that plays off the ball uh, as opposed to Terry who's been playing X on the ball, a little bit more motion, a little bit more free release, like might loosen him up a little bit. And they see Jahan not as a Z, but as a zebra, a.k.a. what most of these West Coast Shanahan systems call uh, their slot receiver, then there's not really a spot for Curtis Samuel. Yeah. And he doesn't become worth any real investment where you want to go sign, either sign or probably more appropriately draft a big X receiver who, even if they're not like a huge factor in the passing game as a rookie, like, you know, we're talking like 55, 60 catches, they just, they're big bodied and they do the big body stuff that frees Terry to be more of a speed receiver. And that could be a really valuable allocation of resources because, this draft has like 10 of those guys that like in other years might go in the second, first, third round. You might be able to get a, a stud like that in the fourth. So I, I think just the way that this offense is going to develop is obviously going to depend on the coordinator. But if you get one of these West Coast guys where you can get some the right weapons on the outside and, you know, a, get one tackle and whether you survive with Wiley and or Leno uh, or you bump one to you bump like Wiley inside. Could you move Leno to right tackle? Draft a stud left tackle. Like whatever it is, the combination of staying and going, there are paths to them being much more serviceable. And I think it starts obviously with with a great OC. Which you know, what path doesn't start with a good coach? Yeah, I think you said it perfectly. Uh, you know, just talking about being able to uh, navigate around uh, a ter- or a bad offensive line, but also then you have. You know, the tight end position, um, which we still have yeah. to necessarily address. And I think uh, we'll probably end up doing that through the draft. But what do you necessarily do with, you know, a Cole Turner? Or what do you necessarily do with um, uh, who's the kid that got hurt in uh, training camp last year? Uh, Curtis Hodges. Didn't they already cu- – oh, uh, Amari Rogers. you're talking about? 
Yeah. Or Armani Rogers. Yes. Uh, got hurt in 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 it wasn't even training camp. Got hurt in the spring. Yeah. Uh, Rogers is super intriguing. Like if he if he's back and he's full speed, like you you put him out there and you say, hey kid, uh, there was a lot of hype around you last year. Let's see what you got. See if you can learn this system. It's a former college quarterback, so hopefully he, he picks it up pretty quickly and he's he's valuable. Cole Turner, like sorry dude, I I got not a lot for you. Uh, Curtis Hodges, they already cut. Yeah. Uh, so. Um, I, I tend to think that the tight end position is one where maybe depending on the, the OC and depending on the relationships and whatever, like Logan Thomas could stay around. I think it's probably more likely you move on from him. Mm-hmm. But I, I tend to think in like those first three picks, top 50 picks that they have, I think you come out with some combination of quarterback, tackle, tight end, edge. Like, those four positions are, I would be, I don't want to say stunned or surprised because it's too early in the process and there's too many factors for those second-round picks, but I tend to think that, or wide receiver. Like, those three picks disperse them through five those five positions. I would would give you the field and feel confident that I'm going to get all three of those positions filled in the draft there. But I also do like the idea of a veteran uh, on the offensive line as well. And, you know, they have all this draft capital. They also have all this, uh, all this, uh, you know, cap space. We'll see how they spend it. All right, when we get back, though, uh, switching on the court, Dave Johnson joins us. Uh, I'm live at the Bethesda Theater ahead of 106.7 The Fan versus the Team 980, our live event tonight, which is sold out. Uh, Dave will join us live from the broadcast booth at Capital One Arena. Uh, that is next on The Hoffman Show. It's the Hoffman Show. We're on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. A uh, quick, just uh, cleanup aisle, latest reporting that happens while you're live on the radio and you're not following Twitter every second. Uh, it does appear that Clint Kubiak, who many thought would be the top choice for Dan Quinn as the offensive coordinator here, could be off the market. Nothing can be finalized till after the Super Bowl, so maybe uh, Quinn and, and Adam Peters can give Clint Kubiak a call at some point and be like, hey, buddy. Uh, you remember us, uh, your old your old friends who want you to, to wear burgundy and gold as the offensive coordinator because uh, th- th- you want you want to reconsider because uh, Adam Schefter reported that the Saints are working on bringing Kubiak to New Orleans. So uh, definitely we'll keep an eye on that right now, though, it is time to talk some hoops. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, let's introduce properly Dave Johnson. Time to get the radio party started. Blocked by Bilal Kulafali. Oh. oh, boy, did he stuff him. Left wing pool, it's wow. there. Oh, that's a pool party. Into the basket, slam right in. Oh, there's steal the oh. slam. You better go off. Intercepted by Kispert. Kispert now, foul line. Oh, slam. Ooh, that'll dry your preserves. It's time for Dave Johnson on a Wizards game day. Kuzma for three. Oh, it's there. It's there. Big, big shot. On the Hoffman Show. Dave joins us from the broadcast booth at Capital One Arena. Of course, I am live at the Bethesda Theater for our 106.7 The Fan versus the Team 980 live event tonight. And, uh, Dave, I just I just have to start by asking, are you ever going to invite me back to another broadcast with you and Glenn after I oversaw yet another bad quarter of Wizards basketball? Because no. it seems like the common thread that ties them together is uh, is me. Well, I told you, my, my friend Kevin Jones here in the arena, he, he, you know, he is your biggest. In fact, that's the problem. 
you know, and I got to keep bringing you back because and it's happening tonight. Everybody keeps coming down saying, "Are you Craig Hoffman?" I said, "No, no, no, I'm Dave Johnson." So, you know, I, I need you for the Q. What is it? The Q rating? Or People the know who you are in that arena, Dave. Come on. <laughs> well, most of the ushers do, but no. Listen, it's always great to have you on board uh, because if, a your show is wonderful, uh, not just because you have me on occasionally, but you do a wonderful job in it, and we have a lot of fun. I hope when you come down for the broadcast, so we we look forward to the next time. And uh, and again. Our listeners, I'm sure they were worried about it, but just to confirm, I did show I am a man of my word. Uh, you did walk out of here with a Denny Avdia lifestyle bobblehead and the Denny Avdia designed hat, which, by the way, I, that's, I don't even have one. That's a cool hat. It's a great hat. Uh, I very much appreciate your uh, getting me those things. I did get those. But, yeah, I think, I think, I don't know if it's the last three, Dave, but... I remember when Anthony Davis dropped 50 on the Wizards and then Giannis dropped 50 and then they got outscored like 40 to 10 in the third quarter. I was there for all of them. And I know that there's been not a lot of great basketball over the last year and a half, but good gracious, I've been on the mic with you and Glenn for far too much of it, uh, relatively speaking to the number of times that I have I have joined you. No, and, and that, you do bring up a good point because actually somebody was asking me today, you're calling a team that you know, doesn't have that many wins, and I'm like, well, wait a minute here. This, this Wizards team, and we knew this was going to be the process, I, it really does, and you can appreciate and see it, uh, they give it their all every night, and and uh, you know there's there's been most games, uh, you know there there's competitive. And you think maybe they can find a way to do this. Certainly, when they become now with with Marvin Bagley on the team, more competitive on the boards, that has helped. Although I, I should point out he'll miss tonight with a, a back contusion. But th- the problem is is the teams you're mentioning are are again you were here with the Clippers. I mean, uh, that was a competitive game at halftime, uh, but. With all due respect to our team, the Wizards, the Clippers have three future Hall of Famers on their team. It just, you, you just know that if, you know, anything is possible. That's why we tune in. That's why we love sports. Um, but for the Wizards to beat the Clippers, uh, you probably had a combination of maybe they'd be a little bit below par and the Wizards would be exceptional and, you know, go nuts in some category, like three-point shooting. And it, it just didn't happen the other night. But uh, this is a team that will fight and scrap. And, and, look, you've got the Denny Avdia gift collection. He is he is clearly an example of that. Uh, I mean, it's like a fan in our, our Michelob Ultra postgame show said it best, that, they, you know, they, they appreciate the commitment uh, of a Denny Avdia. They, they understand that they're on a, on a journey, and they understand that, Hey, listen. It can be, you know, if you if you want to start following basketball, you can pick, you know, a team that already is established. Uh, but what we're hoping is it's going to be so much sweeter uh, once we get to that that threshold of sustained success. Which, again, this is why the Wizards are going through this season because um, I do believe still, if, if it came back like last year, and if everyone was healthy, or if Kristaps Porzingis, Kyle Kuzma, and Bradley Beal played more than 34 games, it's a playoff team. But they want to be more than just a playoff team. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, that would that would be the ultimate goal. Um, I, I think the thing that was interesting about that third quarter the other night was, you know, Brian Keefe calls a couple of timeouts, but ultimately it took some substitutions, and he was willing to make those changes. And, and we talked about that accountability piece and, and why ultimately Keefe is in that lead chair now. 
Like they, they came out, they were very flat in that third quarter. They did not have the pace that they want to play with and that is kind of a requirement, a, a baseline fundamental for them this season is playing faster. And, and they played the Clippers' pace, and Glenn and I were talking about it with you, obviously, on the broadcast. And eventually, you know, Kispert gets in, they pull Kuzma after he takes a couple of bad shots. And um, I, I actually look at that as encouraging. Obviously, the scoreline was not, but Keith kind of pushing those buttons willing to even I mean Kyle Kyle was one of the ones who said hey the bench is the ultimate motivator if if, he, if you got a coach that's not willing to to make those tough substitutions and pull even your best players then no one's going to change behavior and Kyle was on the receiving end of that and I'm sure he's perfectly fine with it but I, I thought that was a very interesting kind of subplot on the long game that took place in a micro example in that third quarter the other night well uh, and again look uh, no <laughs> everybody's not going to be on you know every game and and so that's part of a coach's job in every sport is uh, and it's not because the players don't want to be on every game you know and players go through uh, specific routines every game because they want to be on every game but we're talking as much as we live in an artificial intelligence world and everything's done for us this game is still played by by human beings and um, so yeah, some nights you're going to say, "Why? Well, well, he doesn't have it, so I've got to make a, a switch." But you know, you, you, part of what it is, uh, the trust that they're they're showing, and you know, a Bilal Kulabali again. I, and we, we're going to talk. You're going to hear if, if you tune in to Brian Keith talking before the game. I mean, my goodness, the experience uh, he gets starting against the LA Clippers, the way he produced the LA Clippers, some of the the, the defensive matchups he get uh, he received against the LA Clippers. I loved hearing him uh, say in the post game that he wished Paul George was also playing. So here's a a young player that is like, bring it on! I'm I'm thirsty, uh, you know, to to keep getting better. The only way I'm going to get better is the to be put in these challenging situations, and and that's. You know, quite frankly, what we're, we're celebrating, and and again, this team, we're whatever game's in, um, you know, it, it's going to be about the competitiveness uh, down the stretch, and I think we've seen that. And I, I don't have a problem with the way the team competed against the LA Clippers. I, I just think you know, there are nights you have to remember that you're uh, the LA Clippers are a title contender. I mean, come on, you know, yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, when. I, uh, the, the sentence ends when you say Russell Westbrook comes off the bench. I mean, you know, that's crazy. <laughs> I understand he's not yeah. 25-year-old Russell Westbrook, but still, uh, as far as I can see, he could still attack and explode and disrupt. Um, so, uh, you know, this is, uh, I think we've, we've talked about this before. In some ways, I, I, this is an enjoyable season, not because of losses, but I'm just enjoying the heck out of a Daniel Gafford and what he's doing and the, the corner he's turning. Because, again, we knew, we knew we were not going to be sitting here in January saying, wow, you know, if we get on a three-game winning streak, you know, maybe we'll get in the sixth seed. We knew that was not that was not the script for this season. Um, so, yeah, we are, you know, celebrating individual accomplishments within a, a, a team game, uh, if you will, because... Uh, again, they want to be more competitive because that's how how you get better. That's you know Mike Shusevsky's in our pregame show tonight talking about Tyus Jones. I, I, Tyus Jones just finished in January. Oh. Tyus Jones just finished in January. Fifteen games, he turned the ball over fifteen times the whole month. The whole month. Uh, you know it's important to have him running the show right now. Now again, this team is admittedly going to 
change. We don't know who's here necessarily for the long term because this is the this, the start of the process. It's it's you know finding which players are going to be around long term or that you want to build around. You know, getting assets uh, because if you look at the successful models, uh, again, what the Wizards are doing is is not a something they invented. It's not something that Michael Winger and, and Will Dawkins invented. It's 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 been you know tried and proven in other places. If you get it right, if you get the right trades, if you get your trades right, if uh, you build around the right players, if you draft correctly, and so there, you know, again, as we've talked about, and it states the obvious. It, it's not just getting the high draft pick and then you move on from there. No doubt about it. Uh, Dave, of course, getting going at 645, so not too long from right now. Uh, he and Glenn on the pregame show and then 7 o'clock tip off. Or sorry, I, I take – yeah, no, that is right. 715 yes. is the game Monday against the Celtics. Uh, too many things to keep track of, Dave. 645, because I that means I'm. this is my last segment coming. 6.45 is the pregame, 7 o'clock tip tonight against the Heat. Uh, Dave, always appreciate your time, sir. Great to see you on Wednesday. Thanks again for the hat and the bobblehead, and we will talk to you next week. And, again, have a fantastic night there in Bethesda, and, and say hello to all my friends uh, at uh, the fan and, and Team 980, and, and, or at least people that I try to pretend they're my friends. So just say hello to some folks. Thanks. I I would, hey, uh, Dave Johnson says hi, guys. So, Dave, <laughs> Dave, he can't see you. It's just he's on the uh, whatever. All right. Uh, thank you, Dave. When we get back, we will wrap up the show here from the Bethesda Theater. It's the Hoffman Show on the Team 980 and always live as well on the free Odyssey app. It is Friday. Wrapping up the Hoffman Show here on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app, streaming live on YouTube at the Team 980. You can see folks behind me if you're watching on YouTube. Is the, the, the Goon Squad is starting to show here for the Team 980 versus 106.7, the fan tonight. Yeah, I put us first. What are you going to do about it? Uh, 106.7, the fan versus the Team 980 live. Uh, I'm live at the Bethesda Theater as that event is going to get going here in just a little bit. I think the doors actually open soon, um, which is also wild because, Anthony, I don't know that we ever did a sound check. So Ooh. we're just going to go out there and assume everything works? Well, Actually, there it when is. I, when, I, when I walked in today, there were mics and everything sitting on the chairs, which I'm going to guess they probably tested hours and hours and hours before uh, ah. before we get there. Okay. I, I need to find whoever's running the audio, though, and make sure that Russell's mic is a little bit lower than everyone else's. You know. you know. Yeah. yeah. That's And that, that's not me taking a pot shot at Russell, to be very clear. Chris is, Chris is just – he projects very well. Yep, he does. He projects – very, very well. Um, all right. So we're excited. Event sold out. Hope you have your ticket. Hope uh, you're listening on your way. Uh, it's going to be a great event. Very excited. Uh, we'll get started just after 8 o'clock. Uh, and for, so we had someone in the YouTube chat being like, is this the only live stream for the event tonight? This isn't the live stream for the event tonight. This is our this is our radio show. It ends in 10 minutes. And the, the event tonight, what happens here stays here. There is no stream. There is no recording. There is no nothing. It is it is a live event. We told you we are on air or off air, on stage, uncensored. It is not for redistribution. If you didn't get your tickets, we tried to tell you. We played a billion D promos. Every one of the hosts on both stations was telling you about it for weeks. If you didn't get your tickets, that's on you. Or we're sorry that you live in some 
you know, different part of the country and can't make it because we, we definitely heard from those people too. Who knows? Maybe if tonight goes well, we'll take the show on the road. Probably, probably not going to happen. Uh, Anthony, I'm just excited to go down into the green room area and eat some food and also not be in the coldest area in this entire building. Can I you, got stuck in the tundra. Can you save me some food? Yes. I'm also, I just had this horrible realization because the food just went past and it smelled delicious. It could be laced with dairy, which is a problem for your boy. I, I'm going to have to make sure that I can actually eat something. If not, I'm going to have to. I walked in through the kitchen. I might just go back and be like, hey, do you guys have some food that I can eat back here? Yeah. I'm sorry that I'm a pain in the butt. I didn't choose to be this way. I would love to have cheese, uh, which is definitely something Danny's going to make fun of me for tonight. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, any so, so next week, by the way, uh, Monday, I believe, is going to be the introductory press conference for Dan Quinn. Uh, we haven't gotten that official yet. They haven't actually made this official yet, uh, which I do think is interesting. I haven't, the commanders haven't like announced the hire. Um, so I don't know what they're waiting for, but uh, that'll get done, and then they'll they'll ultimately on Monday, I think, introduce him. So uh, who knows what our show looks like on Monday on the heels of that and when that press conference actually is will obviously have a very large factor. Uh, Tuesday, uh, I will be on an airplane to Las Vegas, and so I'm not exactly sure. I guess I could turn around and, and yell at the boss and find out who's – someone will be here on Tuesday, probably Doc or Linnell. That's tend to be how, how that goes. So you'll be in great, capable hands – on Tuesday, and then Wednesday, we are live on Radio Row. We have some amazing uh, like broadcasters and journalists book. We have some players, some former players. You know how Radio Row is if you've listened to radio shows over the years that are out there. Um, who knows uh, what's, what's going to happen. Uh, we have, I have so many great friends in this industry, and so many of them have already said, like, yep, I'm down. I'll stop by. So it's just going to be a crazy week of, of basically nonstop guests Wednesday to Friday from Radio Row in Las Vegas. Uh, we will bring all the camera equipment, so we'll be live on YouTube for the whole thing as well. And if you do miss any of it, uh, it's okay. We will not only forgive you, we will also uh, give you a podcast so you can catch up. You can check out that podcast, the Hoffman Show podcast, anywhere you get your pods, including the free Odyssey app. Anthony, let's do the honors. Real things. We're not going to be f***ing this year. Real people. 5 and 11. Not very good. Said into real microphones. You know, the culture is actually damn good. All right, we got two today, both NFL adjacent. Uh, Next week in Las Vegas, of course, the Super Bowl. And, uh, well, there's been a lot of cameras and eyes on suites lately, uh, specifically on the Chiefs side of things. But for Christian McCaffrey's family, despite the fact that his dad played in the NFL, Christian has signed a very lucrative contract. His girlfriend, actually I believe fiancé at this point, is a former Miss Universe who does quite well for herself. Uh, Christian's mom, Lisa, says they can't, they can't get a suite for the Super Bowl. He Why? asked, just how expensive are those Super Bowl tickets that Christian has to buy? That is probably the question of the hour. You have no idea. Um, So, yeah, we um, looked into a suite and none of us can afford it. Not even Christian money bags over there and nor money bags Olivia. So we are not in a suite. I'll tell you that right now. We did negotiate like a different like an area i don't exactly understand what it is but anyway we are in there and probably part of the problem is i I wanted eight tickets together because i was felt strongly about everybody being together um so anyway long story short they're outrageously expensive 
They're stupid expensive. It's, I don't know if it's the Taylor Swift factor, if it's the first time mm. in Vegas factor. There's mm. so much going on. Here's what it is. Uh, it is not the Taylor Swift factor. However, because she's a billionaire, she'll be able to afford them. Uh, those corp those suites are designed for corporations to buy. Like, not, not individuals. Not even super rich individuals. They are designed for corporations or people that are as worth as much as a corporation to buy. So that's, that's why those tickets are so expensive. Sorry to Lisa McCaffrey. You're only very rich compared to... I'm an actual corporation, Rich. Tough tough break, Ant. Tough break. Definitely. Tough break for Sauce Gardner at the Pro Bowl games. He ran into young Aiden Diggs, nephew of Stefan Diggs. What's good, man? How you doing, man? I see you. Oh, who your uncle? Who your uncle? You want to talk trash about... Uh, Oh. Oh. What? I don't remember that, but hey, if you say he did, oh, man. Man. this man done went to week one, man. Hey, your uncle good at football, man. Yeah. Hey, no, this is the thing. He gonna dap me up first and then say that though. <laughs> Young Aiden Diggs, a savage. All right, that does it for our show live from the Bethesda Theater. Tonight, we're on stage, off air, uncensored, getting going here shortly. We'll see you Monday as long as we survive back here on the radio.